All right, and welcome to another edition of Bearded Bros Podcast. We have a very special episode for you this week as we interview none other than Bailey Spalding from Jackalope Brewing Company. So sit back, relax, enjoy. Remember, you can always follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can always email us at beardedbrospodcast at gmail.com. And go ahead and become a Patreon subscriber for a chance to win a signed beer from Stephen, Charles, and myself. And we're going to be putting some really cool content on there, starting this week with some audio that didn't make the podcast with Bailey, but we found very interesting. So go ahead and become a Patreon subscriber so we can keep improving this podcast and keep bringing you random shit to listen to. Thanks again, everybody, for listening, and cheers. and welcome to a very special episode of Bearded Bros Podcast. The special music you hear means a special guest, and this week we are joined by Bailey Spalding from Jackalope Brewing Company. How are you, Bailey? I'm good. I'm good. It's good to see you guys. It's good to see you too, and you know, we have to start off the program the way we always do, and that is, guys, y'all still hate Nazis? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I hate Nazis. Yeah. Um, yeah, so awesome. Well, how have y'all been? Ba- Bailey, you got a lot going on over at Jackalope right now. New canning line, moving everything over to the Wedgwood Houston yeah. area. Yeah, it's been, it's been really busy, um, which is, which is fun. You know, it's, um, you know, like everybody else, it's been a tough year and we see some hope on the horizon now. And uh, that is super exciting. Um, you know, March, it, March is usually the start of our busiest three months of the year. And so last year we were like really geared up and then everything fell apart. Um, and so it was, it's really fun to kind of be gearing up and, and you know, so far it hasn't fallen apart yet. Knock on wood. <laughs> did did the uh, pandemic did it affect uh, like transition a little bit because if both places were closed? It seems like it might have been a little bit easier. It did. You know, we again we were always planning on closing our original facility this year. Um, our 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 lease was up there this year, and we we just really outgrew it. Um, and so we were always planning on, yeah, being kind of a couple year overlap transition for us. And uh, when, yeah, when people have asked me about it, I'm just like, yeah, we, we always planned on it being closed this year. We did not plan on it being closed last year. Um, but it does, you know, it, it does make it, you know, so we can kind of slowly move out of the space. And, um, you know, I just wish that we were able to give it a proper send off because, um you know, those were the craziest times of our business happened there. You know, the character, the character building years were at that mm-hmm. space. So, um, 
who knows, maybe we'll be able to do a parking lot send off before we're fully out. So <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Some of my favorite memories are in that parking lot. So <laughs> yeah, I, we had so much fun there. And, and, and I love, I do love having our whole team under one roof again. Um, it's a, it's a good feeling uh, to, to kind of, you know, it, I think it builds some of the more of the camaraderie and a little bit less of like, who's where, what's going on. Um, but, uh, and, and, and I hope, you know, it'll, it'll, I know we'll have a lot of fun times at the ranch coming up here, uh, you know, when, when we can start doing fun stuff again. So um, yeah, I, I, it was, I, I, I'm going to miss it, but I'm also excited about the future. So I, I know Stephen and I were talking about this not that long ago. When I first brought Stephen to Nashville, when he helped me move here, we went to Jackalope and we oh, went to cool. the den and it just so happened that like we saw feats of strength and we were like, what is going on? There's guys <laughs> lifting kegs. And <laughs> yeah, they were all wearing kilts. I think it was like some kind of Highland Games night or something. I don't know. Yeah, you were there for Robbie Burns Day. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, we would do for, and we, uh, yeah, we, you know, had to skip it this year. Um, but for Robbie Burns Day, we do, uh, yeah, that keg, the keg wall sit. So you've got to do a wall sit while holding an empty quarter barrel. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, pe- it, te- it would tend, that would be the one that people would see and kind of get drawn into the competition. Mm-hmm. I think the longest is somewhere between two and three minutes is our, is our record. Wow. I what? couldn't convince Keith to try. <laughs> I was very disappointed. I, I think you could convince me now. Yeah. I, I, I was brand new into town. And I'm like, I don't want to embarrass myself the first three days in Nashville. Yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> like, could be a great way to meet that friends, guy. You know, maybe there's like, you know, people that do the keg sits every weekend. <laughs> right. You got to practice. Yeah. Well, guys, I think it's time we jump into some beer. Y'all guys got a beer picked out for your first one? I know I do. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so we got the Sarka here. Are we doing different ones or are we doing the same one? Uh, we're doing different ones. Okay. Oh, so you have different beers than us entirely. Correct. Is that right? Okay. Yes. Cool. Charles gets the fancy cup. Yeah. I brought the proper cup, the Liverpool FC, because, you know, we're going to beat Arsenal today. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> like a mid-table battle <laughs> all right so the sarka this is a pilsner mm-hmm. i'm i'm picking up yeah. on a theme with your can artwork do you have like the same people do all that who does your who does your can art i think it's we, cool yeah yeah we do it's um a, a local artist named chris cheney who um you know was he used to own a print shop in town so you know he we would trade him beer for making us posters um and because uh, that's that's the way that's the national currency is everybody's creative line of work yeah, just like trading that. each other so uh uh and then he is now actually as of this year he's a, a teacher an art teacher at uh usn one of the schools in town but we've just known him for a long time and he's um just got to know our our brand so well and he's such a cool he's just got such cool style i love his art and he's done um you know, he does all our year-round cans, but then last year, our kind of big COVID pivot um, was to just almost almost every week between March and December, we put out a different 
small batch release a 16 ounce can. So um, it was, we did 27 between March and December and he did the art for nearly all of them. And so it was really fun to kind of watch the evolution of his designs, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. with our, uh, with our brews. And um, we, it was, you know, it was a way where a year that was otherwise uh, universally a bummer um, (laughs) for us to give, you know, our our staff something to look forward to. And also, you know, our, our customers who, you know, we um, we're here to entertain. And so it's really hard when we can't, and so it was a way of kind of making people feel um, feel excited about something, you know, feel like something kind of social, some kind of social interaction was going on. And so um, it was it was a fun way to kind of keep ourselves uh, keep ourselves moving, like stay stay on our feet. So he, yeah, so Chris Chris's designs are they just got so fun throughout the year. So it was a it was a blast just seeing what he came up with. So yeah, that's cool. That's that's a long range of that answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of, our, all of our year-round and, and seasonal cans have uh, poems on them as well, um, kind of about their namesake. And uh, my, uh, my uh, best friend is, is a novelist who has also been writing beer poetry for us. So uh, it's her, her little her side gig. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah, this one's kind of interesting. She like entraps people. Yeah, yeah. She, she was a warrior. So is this uh, like a ongoing kind of flagshipy beer, or is this one of your? It is um, Starka. It's it's our newest year-round beer. So um, that was kind of the thing that we could do when we moved into the new location uh, in the fall of 2018. Before that, we didn't have uh, you know tanks or time to to do a year-round pilsner um, mm. since they since they take longer to to make and so um we that was part of this growth was that we really wanted to be able to have a pilsner year round we uh steve you know my my business partner steve he is a huge fan of cheese pizza and he really he judges uh pizza places by their cheese pizza and we talk about that with pilsners we're like we you judge a brewery by their by their pilsner like it's um you know, it's a very classic beer, but it's also very easy to mess up. So mm-hmm. we wanted to have uh, we wanted to have our year round Pilsner that we could kind of uh, show off to people. <laughs> yeah. And you guys did a fantastic job. You know, yeah, this you can't is really hide. Good. Thank uh, you. Flavors, and it's, it's wonderful. Charles, it's already, sweet Charles already finished it, <laughs> <laughs> which I will say, you know, if I'm going to be drinking beer before noon on a Saturday, which is what Keith has us doing this morning. Yep. Uh, this is this is a pretty good way to start. Four point eight or something like that percent. So yeah. Four point eight. Nice and smooth. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. We use um, some Bohemian hops, you know, the, the Czech saws in it. So it's more of a Bohemian style Pilsner. Um, than a German style, and it, I think it gives it a little bit of, a little bit of bitterness, a uh, little bit. You know, they're kind of the spicier hops, mm-hmm. um, kind of spicier floral hops, and so um, we like that it's a you know delicate, easy drinking beer. But if you really are, you know, thinking about it while you drink it, you notice uh, some complexity to it. Yeah, it has like that 
bite like a pilsner. Is it Urkel or Kel? I never know how to say that. Mm. I guess from like the Saz Hops. It's mm-hmm. good. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, guys, I guess the question is, what y'all's rating for it? No well, I'm not going to embarrass myself with some <laughs> crazy rating system. That I'm just going to say it's like about, I'd say about 3.75 out of 4. It's really good. So I'm going to steal from the can poetry, I guess. So apparently the Sarka tied herself to a tree, which is a little confusing, but then like lured her enemies to help her. Also, how do you tie and yourself? That's a good question. <laughs> well, she's a, she's, a, she's like a, you know, yeah. a demigod. Of, I guess they can tie knots without his. But um, then when her enemies showed up, she they loosened her and, and she gave a mead and then I guess murdered them, which is pretty awesome. So I'm going to give it four out of five foes that you've murdered after some trickery. <laughs> I like it. Okay, so I'm I'm going to drink one of my go-tos, which is the one Stephen drank a couple weeks ago because apparently it wasn't clearly marked, even though I said don't touch these beers. Uh, which is <laughs> which is Fenario. I I love Fenario. Yeah. When I go to Party Foul to watch the Liverpool matches, this is my beer. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. And bef- before I drink this, I have to say, during the quarantine last year when I wasn't working, Jamie and I would have a date night mm-hmm. or date day once a week, and we always went to Jackalope mm-hmm. and we got our um, mason jars. Like Miranda would go and pour our mason jar uh-huh. for us and tape That's it up, good. and then we would go over to Daddy's Dogs, get a couple of hot dogs, and sit in the car and drink our beer and eat our hot dog, and that was our date day. So thanks for still like having something for us to do during a global pandemic. Hey, I, I that sounds like a really that sounds like a really great date. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so fun. the Fenario, I I've always had questions about this because it seems like it's almost a dry. IPA than you get used to mm-hmm. here. Um, and I know mm-hmm. a lot of places like Bearded Iris and whatnot are doing a lot mm-hmm. of East Coast style um, IPAs. Mm-hmm. This has that real dryness to it. And I was always curious, mm-hmm. how do you get that? Sure. I mean, yeah. So for us with Fenario, we were definitely going for more of a classic, um, um, you know, um, American and, and bordering on West Coast IPA. Um, you know, there. I think, you know, with the dryness, our our yeast strain, you know, um, does tend to do well um, and, and finishes fairly low um, as far as um, our, our final gravities are fairly low. And so we have, um, it, do, it does end up being a little bit drier. Um, and then for the hops, you know, we, we do some first wort addition, um, but then uh, almost all of it is, is, late edition hops we use um you know we use simcoe amarillo centennial and columbus hops in it um which you know columbus uh is kind of the bittering side and then um everything else is is later um and so i think the combination of hop works really nicely for me um to kind of just yeah just really be that classic what what I'm looking for in a, a classic IPA, I do think Fenario is probably the probably the beer of ours that I drink the most of. I would say, yeah, I'd say I drink the most of it. Um, and uh, yeah, I we I think for us with our year round beers, even even with an IPA, our focus is on balance. So yeah, wanting to have it be a little bit drier, something that yeah you could you could drink a few of, even if even though it's seven point two percent up. <laughs> Um, make it, um, 
yeah, just a really smooth drinking uh, IPA, and um, I'm I'm really happy with it. You know, again, and and the story with that beer is in uh, Tennessee. You know, you couldn't brew over six point three percent alcohol beers until 2017, um, and so we uh, we had a beer called Direwolf. Um, that was kind of the pared down version of uh, of Fenario, and it was uh, it was it was out just kind of sporadically. It wasn't even a full. It was just when we could brew it, we'd brew it, um, and when we could get Simcoe and Amarillo hops, you know, <laughs> we'd, we'd do it. And then um, when the law was changing, we decided to um, we decided to make it what it should be, you know, bring it up to its full, you know, seven point two percent and. Um, Fenario, so the the direwolf was named after a Grateful Dead song, um, and in the in the song, you know, the direwolf is this like four hundred pound poker playing direwolf uh, who lives in a forest called Fenario. So um, that's where we came up um, with the name for the beer. And actually, uh, the original direwolf we came up with the name. Our uh, our IP lawyer is actually a huge Grateful Dead fan. So when I was talking to him about. Uh, what we were going to do, you know, wanting the beers to be, con- you know, people to know that they were connected, what we were going to do for the name. Uh, it was actually his suggestion to to call it Fenario. So I thought that was kind of awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. That is super cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I love the Grateful Dead. I think Stephen has an on and off again, love affair mm-hmm. with the Grateful Dead. Oh, I like the Grateful Dead. I just, every time I try to listen to him now, it just doesn't last long. Like old stuff or, or like listening to the like dead and friends stuff? No, pretty much all old stuff. I guess mm-hmm. there's that one uh, album of covers that came out a few years ago that, mm-hmm. I mean, I did like that. Can you share that with me? Yeah. But no, I'll just, I'll go listen to old, you know, live albums or something like that. And uh, I, I, I want to like it, but I just can't get into it like I used to. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I know why. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to give this a rating of two out of two COVID vaccination shots. Congratulations, Keith. So I, I feel like that's a very high rating. That's amazing. Yep. <laughs> Especially since, didn't you say you like cried or something? So During the first wow. one. When I got the oh. first one, I did cry because like at that point, yeah. it was like you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. This one, I just totally. got it and went back to work. So, right. But do you feel okay? uh, Yesterday, I felt a little, I felt foggy. Like I could not concentrate on anything. Um, And I had a headache all day. But by five Mm. o'clock, I was back to normal. I was grilling, I was drinking beer. So I was, I was good. Cool. That's great. Yeah. I had, I had my second one Tuesday. And the next day, I was pretty wiped out. Yeah. But nothing bad. Just tired and good. Yeah. A lot better than being on a ventilator. Yeah, right. And I woke up the next day and I was perfectly fine. Good. Yeah, I get my second one on Monday, so I'm excited awesome. to get awesome. back into the world. <laughs> we we should say for our listeners that if you have the opportunity, and I think most people have the opportunity now to go get your vaccination, we highly recommend it. And if you trust beer, you trust science. So go get your vaccination. Right. That's right. Absolutely. Um, and I'll say, you know, from someone who has a public facing staff, um, man, 
it's nice that again you know, they they open it up to the hospitality industry in Nashville a couple weeks ago, and it's a really good feeling. You know, we, what we're this whole year we've just been trying to protect our staff, um, and it's a good feeling to have almost everybody at least have their first vaccine at this point. Actually, I think as of tomorrow, everyone will have their first vaccine shot, and. Um, it's a good feeling because it's you yeah. know we've been we've that's been, huge you know here in on Texas, the front lines the masks, this whole time yeah the masks have come off and mm-hmm. I just so I feel so bad for people that are just like looking face you know death in the face the whole time yeah because they have no idea who has it or doesn't mm-hmm. and they're yeah. doing the right thing so I'm so glad yeah it's a really it. it's a really good feeling it's a, a big relief for sure. And um, yeah, I mean, they've just been out there, you know, again, it's like, we love, we love having people in the tap room. We want to get back to just the time where we can just all be relaxed and be around each other, but we've got to get through some of these hoops first. <laughs> yep. And it seems like we're so close. If people could just hold yeah. on for a little bit. Hold, yeah. Hold on like one more month or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we're getting, around, we're getting around there. here, the masks, it seems like the masks are just fading away. Like, yeah it's kind of it's kind of sad but i I think we're me and bailey are kind of lucky because davidson county has been really big on it and Mm -hmm. i mean we do live in a pretty liberal county Mm -hmm. and so people are more open to yeah i'm gonna wear a mask but if you pop over to wilson county it's Mm -hmm. not quite the same and the farther east or west you go you you run into a lot of places where they're not wearing masks so Mm -hmm. i'm happy to stay in davidson county right now yeah yeah you know and i think again you know in people's own spaces they can make their own choices but uh you know again when we're worried about protecting our staff um it's it's not about you you know it's about people whose livelihoods um you know, make them be front on the front line of this. And um, I, I, most people really understand that, which is, which is great. Like we've had um, very few, um, very few bad interactions because it's like, well, if you don't want to ma- wear a mask, that's your decision, but this might not be your, your place. So right. yeah. 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 Well guys, why don't we go ahead and move into our music segment of the week? Hey guys, want to check out my mixtape? It's got a bunch of bands you've never heard of before. Bailey, you are our guest. So this, we had talked about this in a previous podcast, and we are doing songs for the next two podcasts that are songs to drink to, or songs that you want to have an adult beverage while you're yeah. listening to. Yeah. And we're all really excited about this. I'm glad that you got excited about this, Bailey. And I know that it can be challenging to pick just a few songs, but we're going to let you go first since you're our guest. Oh, man. So do I play them? Or do I just talk about it? No, no, no. <laughs> I just talk about them. Maybe why you picked them. Things like that. We, I think there's like rules against playing the songs. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into some copyright. Yeah, we're just not that rich stuff. to try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sure. I mean, again, it was really tough. Um, it's just a really beautiful spring day. Like a really great day to just drink beer in the in the sunshine. Um, so it's tough for me to narrow it down to a few songs, but um, I I picked five. Should I just just go through them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for right. it. Um, I so okay. Let me look at them. I picked um another like you by Hayes Carl. Um, which he's I, I don't know if you guys. I mean, he's from Texas, so you guys are probably familiar with him. Um, but mm-hmm. I 
been to a lot of Hayes Carl shows. They're so fun. And um, that particular song uh, is pretty funny with uh, Carrie Ann um, from uh, from Shovels and Rope on it as well with him. And, and it's, you know, a, a pretty entertaining song. Um uh, I picked uh, Molly Be Good by Los Colones, who are a no- local Nashville band. Um, that song to me is just like the song you listen to when you're like on the beach or in, you've got to be in a lounge chair in the sun. And it's just um, really, I mean, it's got like some kind of like 80s vibes to it. like, And it's really just a great chill summer. Like it's it's a very summery drinking song to me. Um, I picked C. Fernando by Jenny Lewis. <laughs> uh, because I, I love this song. I love this. Yeah, really. It's just because I love this song. It's such a, just a cool song. And she is just a bad lady. She, I love her. <laughs> so, um, I picked that. And then, um, one, I, my, my favorite, uh, artist is, is, is Bruce Springsteen. And so, uh, I picked No Surrender by Bruce Springsteen because that was a big song I listened to a lot when um, when we were starting the brewery in particular. You know, it was like, you know, no retreat, no surrender. Like, we got <laughs> We're going to do this. Um, and then the last song I picked um, was kind of, again, just like a really nice, sunny drinking song. Uh, I picked I'll Take You There by the Staples Singers um, because uh, it's just a it's a fun song and, and they've, they've, they just kill it. So, yeah. <laughs> so those I, are my- I will lie. Like your, your list is like solid. I, I was you. a little jealous when I saw what you put on there. I was like, damn, that's so good. <laughs> it, was, it was tough. It was tough to, it was tough to only pick a, you know, five, but it does make me want to go sit in the hammock and probably listen to that and have a beer <laughs> this afternoon. Right? <laughs> That's the plan. That's the idea. Yeah, exactly. I I went with just like songs about drinking for this week. In the next podcast, I have another theme that I'm going to go with. But I went with, I think you ought to try whiskey, which (laughs) is by Corblun. And I really like this song because, you know, I think you ought to try whiskey. Well, I think you ought to try gin. And I like both whiskey (laughs) and gin. So it works for me. Um, Then... (laughs) You have to have Whiskey River. Like if you're talking about a drinking song, Willie mm-hmm. Nelson's Whiskey River, and it has to be the live version. Like the recorded version is so slow and weird, but the live version is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, sticking with, you know, Texas mm-hmm. artist Todd Snyder, Beer Run, um, 99 Bottles from Zane yeah. Williams. And then finally, I ha- I'm going to try to fit this artist into every playlist we do. I've got John Prine's When I Get to Heaven. And I mean, not only does he talk about yeah. his I mean, vodka and ginger ale, he also about. talks about buying a Smithics for all of his critics. So two two things of drinking in there. And like again, I'm going to try to find a way yeah. to fit John Prine into every playlist that we put together. Very nice, Keith. Took it very literal. I did. Yeah. I bet Absolutely. you will find a way to fit John Prine in. That's I don't awesome. think there's anything wrong with that, Keith. You can totally do that. Yeah. What's a Smithics? Why does that sound so familiar? It's a beer. Is that, it, it's a beer? Yeah, it's that it's British a, beer. Oh, I was thinking it. Okay. Some people pronounce it Smithwicks, 
but yeah. it's it's Smittics. Mm-hmm. Like a Boddington style thing. Like tall, they always have them coming in tall boys or something like that. It's a, it's a red L. Huh. Maybe I haven't had it. I mean, I, I feel like, and y'all can correct me, but I feel like it's just a regular carbonated red L. So does he want to buy a Smithix for his critics because Smithix is like no boy now or because it's delicious and it'll make his critics like it? Like it the, the line is, I just want to buy all my critics a pint of Smithix and smother them with my charm. Oh, okay. But oh, he yeah. also does refer to him as paralytic syphilitics. So. <laughs> I feel like he wants so, to buy it for them just to get them to calm down. <laughs> yeah. Just stop. Why, why be a critic of anything? Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. Just have yeah. a nice day. <laughs> and how do you, like, seriously, how do you criticize John Prine? Like, that's got to be the most difficult job in the world. Like, trying to find yeah. something to complain about with John Prine. Yeah. I couldn't do it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Stephen Charles, who wants to go next? Charles Charles has got his index card. He looks eager. I'm not <laughs> eager, but uh so for me this was very liberating because I'm not really a lyric listener, so it's all about capturing a feeling or a vibe. Mm-hmm. So um I picked Worst Nights by Foster the People, kind of West Coast, surf rock, kind of just out on the town, having a good time. You Tra- know, trains going by. Sorry if that's interesting. Trains going by, yeah. things like that. Uh just great vibe. And then I have uh Shaky Ground by Freedom Fry. Love the name of that band. Um <laughs> and this is more of a like a maybe like a, a chill house party kind of vibe. Um just hanging out with your friends, having a good time. Nice young. Uh, and then I have Louis Del Mars. Um, it's called Painting, but really I think the name is Masterpiece. And it's really just about kind of mm-hmm. doing what you want, creating things that are beautiful and just opportunity and hope. And I feel like sometimes when you're sitting around drinking beer, those are kind of the conversations you have. Um, and then Amy Shark, uh, Blood Brothers. Uh, mostly this is just about a vibe and the sound of the music. Um, it just feels nostalgic to me. Uh, she talks about feeling like a million dollar bill. Um, sometimes that's how I feel and I'm having a few beers. So (laughs) I do enjoy some Amy shark. Yeah. And I think it was, I think it was Lauren who turned us on to Amy shark. She loves her. Yeah. Yeah. I've been kind of waiting for her to, does she have new music out? I don't know if she does. I don't think so. Anything else, Charles? Nope. That's it. Cause I see, oh, I no. see one more song on oh, here. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Drink to moving on by uh, Grand National. Uh, mm. Just sounds like putting stuff behind you. Uh, I guess this one actually does literally talk about drinking, but uh, uh, it's just a good song. Good How dare you be so here. literal, Charles? Right? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, you have this good theme of being not literal, and then you ended it. I think all of them allude to drinking in some way. Charles, you're basic. You're being basic. I know. <laughs> all right. So. I, I think I went, all of mine, when you look at them, do have a... Yeah, Intoxication. I guess they all literally talk about either being yeah. in a bar or being intoxicated or drugs or something like that. But um, but all the songs I picked really like, I don't know. I, I, I was trying to capture the feeling vibe. Like if yeah. I heard this when I was out someplace and you were having a beer, these are like the kind of songs that people would like sing along. You know Her what cup. I mean? Yeah. So the first one I picked was Girl in LSD by Tom Petty. Which have you guys have y'all heard this song before? I heard it today. Okay. Yeah, I um, I was I've been trying to find this song and I haven't been able to find it. And then when it popped up on here, it was like it may be a live version, but this is a great song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've I heard this song a long time ago. Like in high school, we would, you know, play the song and sing it and stuff like that. Um, and I always thought it was Tom Petty, but then when I started looking for it when it 
came back to me and I was like, Ooh, I want to hear that song again. When I was in my twenties, I could never find a Tom Petty version. It was always somebody else, but then you play it and it's like, this sounds exactly like Tom Petty. So I don't know if it was just somebody that sounded like him, but then when I was looking for it this time, a Tom Petty version came up. So I have no idea if Tom Petty actually wrote this song or recorded the original version, <laughs> but, um, but it's pretty cool. Just, you know, it's, it's a good sing along song talks about being in love with girls on different drugs. There is one a girl that drinks beer is, is one of the lines. So um, it's just it's just a fun song. And then Sublime 40 Ounce to Freedom. So it does have 40 ounce in the title. But one of the things that I love about Sublime is I think they might have like taken the, the crown as far as timeless bands for gener- like that span generations. Um, I mean, you think okay. back to like, you know, people like the Rolling Stones and stuff like that, where, you know, your parents listen to them, but then your, your friends would also, that is totally sublime. So both of my kids, which are nine years apart from each other, um, when they were in high school, they would, you know, have sublime shirts. Well, Anna's not in high school yet, but you know, you'd see kids with sublime shirts. They have that album. They listen to it and 40 Ounce Free is just kind of a cool song. Yeah. Um, and then y'all know I'm a replacements fan. So that's here comes a regular by the replacements is almost like their version of like the cheers theme song to me but a little more (laughs) realistic i don't know but i was just kind of that i just threw that in there and then this other one the minus five so i'd never actually heard of this band before um and i came across this song it's called cigarettes coffee and booze which like i don't do that very often anymore but yeah you have to admit that sometimes like on a weekend vacation with grown-ups like that's just the best way to like start your day and like you know spend the whole day so but the the uh the chorus of that song is i think is just pretty catchy um and then i finished it with the everclear song by roger krieger um, I, did, I wanted to put a Texas artist in here. I actually thought about putting a Hayes Carl song, the one about um, what's the name of the bar in Austin with the Christmas lights, because the the lady that owns the bar, her son went to Vietnam and it was right before Christmas, so he didn't come back. Uh, so she never took down the Christmas lights. Anyway, you can tell this is a very sad song, but it is about yeah. a bar. But I didn't put it on there because it was kind of kind of a downer song. Yeah. But um, but I like Hayes Carl. But so I went with Roger Krieger instead because that's happy and everybody kind of likes the Everclear song, even though it's kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I can't disagree with you. I think everybody does like that song, even if it is kind of dumb. And I mean, I don't think it would be recorded today where he talks about leaving her in a wheelbarrow in the front yard. Like, it's kind of fucked yeah, up. That's I forgot about that part. <laughs> <laughs> so I, are y'all guys ready for another beer? Sure, yeah, let's do it. I, I'm excited to talk about this one. Um because this beer played a part in me and Jamie's wedding. And it's also, I I have a bone to pick over this beer as well, but we're going to get to that. And I've got Lovebird, which is awesome. And instead of, and Stephen and Charles were there for the wedding. Instead of doing a unity candle, we did a unity beer and we did a Thunderbird. So we combined Thunder Ann and Lovebird and... (laughs) <laughs> that that was our unity that's awesome. beer for our that's wedding. That's so cool. And my bone oh to my pick gosh, I is love it. a couple years ago, I was at the tap room and we mm-hmm. were just having fun with like, mm-hmm. what can we mix with Lovebird? There's Thunderbird. We did uh-huh. a bunch of different things. And Bailey, I came up with Snowbird way before there was a Snowbird <laughs> release. And so I'm just oh throwing that God. out there. I feel like I, I created Snowbird for you. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea. We, yeah, that was actually um, right at the beginning of the pandemic when we started doing these beers. Um, 
yeah, my husband was like, you guys got to do snowbird, you, you know, make snowman with strawberries and raspberries. So that's, you know, what we, and we actually ended up just doing it with raspberries, but um, that's really funny. You, you, you had it first. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say like, this is to me, this is the quintessential like spring beer. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a wheat beer with fla- like fruit flavors added to it. Um, mm-hmm. The first one that I ever had was Sweetwater Blue and mm-hmm. I still enjoy a Sweetwater Blue, but the raspberries, the strawberries in this, it's absolutely fantastic. I love the fact that when you Thank do you. mix it with Thunderan, it actually makes the strawberries and ra- raspberries actually pop a little bit more. Um, so I'm yeah. a huge fan of this beer. And this is the first one I've had this year. Yeah. And it's delicious. (laughs) Absolutely amazing. It's spring now. You've had it. It is. It absolutely is. We had our last, fingers crossed, our last frost of the year this morning. So I'm going to give this, uh, I'm going to give this $4.99 out of 500 days of summer. (laughs) That's, That's the best I can come up with right now. It is it is That's one of really my good. favorite beers to enjoy when it's hot outside. I love I absolutely love this beer. Mm-hmm. I feel like Keith's like kind of on his best behavior with his beer reviews. Absolutely, like he's not smacking <laughs> his lips and like. <laughs> oh fuck, that's amazing! You don't have to be on good behavior for me. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. We I have not said fuck at all. So there, we so have I. fixed it. There you go. There you go. I've, I have an almost two-year-old, so I've been really working hard on my swearing. Uh, but, you know, I'm in the beer industry, and my husband's a chef, so we're not great at not swearing. <laughs> you need to, I think, yeah, people that don't ever swear, I don't understand that life choice, because sometimes yeah. it's just the perfect, it's the perfect thing to say. They're so yeah, I, I, there, there's those articles out there that explain that you're a more intelligent person if you do swear. Oh, really? Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. I'm into it. I mean, it's probably it's probably like a BuzzFeed article, but I did read it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll believe it. <laughs> so Charles is gingerly holding a can of beer that he looks very hesitant to open. No, no, no. He might that, like it too much. It's the Foxy Falcon. Oh, nice. Wild ale with raspberries, strawberries, and I do not know what that is. Bretanomyces. Uh, so, so it's a bret? Yeah. Okay. So is that type is of bacteria? Is it about the yeast? It's a, it's yeast? a wild yeast. Yeah. Okay. So it's so it's, be, uh, it's not super, super funky. It's a little dry and funky. Um, but I like I like bret funk because it's not it's not an overwhelming funk. <laughs> So this would be like a saison. Um, it's actually it's a play on Lovebird. Um, so we took um, essentially the base beer that we make for Lovebird. Um, we I'm trying to think. We doubled the amount of raspberries in it, and uh, we did a secondary fermentation with the Britannomyces yeast, um, which does you know again it makes it a little drier because um, it it can ferment uh some more of of the sugars out um and then it gives it a a, just a little bit a little bit of tart funkiness to it as well um and it's a bigger uh bigger fruit flavor to it again uh and more predominantly raspberry where lovebird's more predominantly strawberry um so we really with this beer we were going a little bit more for the like jammy raspberry funk (laughs) I think that's the technical term for it. 
think you achieved it. Like yeah, this really is good. this is really good. It doesn't it doesn't have any sort of like puckery sourness. Like mm-hmm. a lot of sours, you know, they either get you on like the tip of your tongue or mm-hmm. yeah, I don't remember where my tongue. <laughs> I feel it, but it it doesn't have that like real puckery flavor. Yeah, it's also not real sweet. Like I I like mm-hmm. this. Like this. Thank it, you. Yeah. It, it, it drinks like a sour that is definitely a beer, whereas some sours almost border on like, is this really almost more like a cider type flavor? Right. Yeah. Like and this is definitely a beer. This is good. I like it. Thank you. Not yeah. Dry fruity. Super, super so low yeah. pH ones. Uh, I can't have more than a few ounces of, or my, I get, I, I get serious heartburn from the super low pH yeah. ones. So we're trying to make, again, trying to make something um, a little more fun to drink. Or a little more drinkable, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm not the, gonna the lie. I'm cool a little too. disappointed, guys, because I didn't think that we had any of the same beers. But I I also have a Foxy Falcon for later. Oh, all right. Oh, good. And this one is also in the four-ish percent, right? Yeah, four point two. I think it says it on his little gold chain somewhere. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, there it is. That was one when yeah. when Chris so, showed us that can. I was so excited. <laughs> we're doing we're doing pretty good for before noon. That's true. Beer choices, yeah. yeah. All right. I know I know what y'all's next beer is, and you may have regrets after that one. So yeah. no regrets. <laughs> yeah, we don't have regrets. All right, ratings. I'm gonna give it. Um, uh, so this says 10 years on the can. Is this like a 10 year anniversary beer? Yeah, all of, we're, we're kind of putting that label on all of the special special beers we're coming out with this year. I don't think we'll quite do as many as last year, but I think we're looking at doing 18. So, yeah. I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 years. Nice. <laughs> Very good. I'm going to give it a 2 out of 14 on the pH scale because she said it was a low pH beer. Yeah. And it's <laughs> definitely not basic. So... That's, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's, a, that's good. I like that. All right, guys. Well, we can go ahead and move into. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Entertainment. And I, I'm just going to tell you guys my entertainment's really short. Um, weather's getting nicer. I have grilled every day this week, other than Wednesday. So I say, go grill something, go sit outside, drink a beer, put something on the grill. That's been my entertainment. And the other thing, and I kind of want to talk to you guys about this. I think we should do another one of those watch episodes where we all watch the same thing and then discuss it because I watched one of my favorite movies the other day. And I think we need to come back and watch it again which is The Big Lebowski. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. A, it holds up. It really does. I Anytime I don't feel well, I put on The Big Lebowski. Great movie. And I think we should do that again. That could be fun. Yeah, I'm game. All right. So, Bailey, what, what's your entertainment? <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, yeah, I also went with, uh, you know, just what's been in my life lately. Again, my, my daughter's almost two. So um, we made some Play-Doh the other day. Um, and it had been, you know, well over 30 years since I had uh, played with Play-Doh, I think. Uh, and that, that's been pretty, I think I've been far more entertained by it than she has. <laughs> Good making, times. Making Play-Doh is fun. Yeah. You used to do it in science. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess I, I, I haven't even brought this up. Like, I'm the only, you guys call me a non-scientist, even though my degree is in political science. Y'all don't consider that a <laughs> science. But... I am surrounded by three scientists today. So Bailey, microbiology, <laughs> is that correct? No. Well, I was, um, 
I was biological anthropology undergrad, so uh, more uh, and 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 cognitive psychology, so more um, evolutionary sciences. Um, gotcha. And then I went to law school. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Stephen, physicist. Yeah, I actually studied biology and chemistry in college, though. So I'm not right. I'm not a physicist. I was a physics teacher. Ah, and Charles, chemistry. Chemistry. Yeah. Nice. So I, I'm the only person here who just deals with social science. So, <laughs> so what's he gonna do? Yeah, the science thing, Keith. That's nothing personal. It's just that science is supposed to predict things, and social science does this, Charles. We've had but this argument, on, but it's based on experimentation. And social science, social science is well, that's not true. Some yeah, of, where are some your controlled variables? Yeah. Where are your? It's not a criticism. Right? It's just a different use of the word science. <laughs> More science is a verb, right? Right. Versus social science is more of an adjective. We'll agree to but disagree it's not a criticism. on this. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, you brought it up. So, anyways, all right, guys, y'all's entertainment for the week. I watched. I started watching the the new QAnon. Um, oh, I watched that on, on HBO. Ooh, I was going to ask what what is that on? Yeah, it's on HBO, and there's I think there's three episodes out now, and okay. it's, it's pretty fascinating. Like, I mean, I I always I find conspiracy theories pretty interesting just because how bananas mm-hmm. they are, and you know I think it's just a good social kind of cognitive experiment, thought experiment mm-hmm. to think about that these these are people just like us, and somehow they get caught mm-hmm. up in something that they believe so wholeheartedly that it just seems like bananas to people on the outside. Um, but it's pretty yeah. good. So it's uh, the budget is high enough to where the guy that's making it is you know flying all over the world to go interview like the you know like the guy that started eight chan and the people that that run eight chan now um it's it's pretty good i don't want to like give away anything but he he gets he gets very very close to the people that are at the very very center or likely to be at the very very center we watched the first two episodes coming back from texas when we were at our hotel room Mm -hmm. and we were just like Let's find something to watch. And it came on. I was like, I think I'm going to go buy HBO because I have to finish this. Yeah. So Interesting. Yeah. What, what's it called? I think it's called, it's called Q. And then I think the subtitle is like down the rabbit's hole or into the rabbit's hole or something like that. But oh it's, Q is the title. So if you look for that on HBO Max or something, okay. it'll come up. Yeah. I did I'm enjoy totally the... F- I enjoyed the fact that they did like the end of the episodes is all like eight bit music, mm-hmm. but it's really popular songs. And I think the first one was like that Jefferson airplane song, mm. like go ask Al. Like, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. All right, Charles, what's your uh, entertainment? Nothing special. I just been watching the good place and uh, that show was uh, so good. I have, I need to watch some. So good. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of lighthearted, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it really, in a very approachable way, reaches some, you know, ask some deep existential Ex- questions. Truths. Yeah, exactly. So I think it makes like philosophy, like they are really talking about real, you know, philosophical mm-hmm. ideologies and things like that. So mm-hmm. I'm digging it. It's 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 good. You know, it's one of those things that if you fall asleep during an episode, you don't sweat it or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, so it's like watching The Office or something. Before yeah, that. like it's no big deal if you fall asleep. Yeah, but I'm, will, I'm enjoying that a lot. I will ask: Have you guys? You guys have not seen the finale of that show, right? No. Mm. Okay, I'm not going to say anything 
anything other than I thought it was perfect. It was so good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I need to watch the, I, th- I guess, the final season. I haven't watched the last season. Yeah, I, I don't know what season I'm in, like two or three. Okay. I will also st- state for the record, Ted Danson is amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if you guys have seen um, Mr. Mayor, like the new, his new show. Um, I think, I don't know. I think they only did like eight episodes of it or something. Um, but it's like Tina Fey wrote it and it's really funny. It's really funny. <laughs> and Ted I, I've watched the first yeah. heaven. I think I've watched the first like three or four episodes of it. And Bobby Moynihan's character on that show, like anytime <laughs> he opens his mouth, I'm laughing. <laughs> Yeah, he's really he's really good. And Holly Hunter, I mean, yeah, it's a it's it's a very funny show. <laughs> and I won't lie, like I still have a crush on Tina Fey, so anything she does, I'm I'm <laughs> paying attention to. Nice. So, all right, guys. Well, we are going to take a quick break, and after we come back, we're going to have our full on interview with Bailey. So stay tuned. Guys, remember that brewery I took you to when y'all came out here a couple of years ago? You talking about the one with the shuffleboard on the patio and the soccer goals in the urinals? That I yep, that's the one. I remember their beer was awesome. Well, that's Jackalope, and they make amazing beer. Yeah, Bailey sent us some beer from there that was really good for us to review on the podcast. Oh, wait, you mean the beer you drank before you were supposed to? I don't know what you're talking about, Charles. It's easy to get excited and want to drink when the beer is that good. Let me tell you about some of the great things that Jackalope is doing. Yes, Keith, do tell. This year, they are celebrating their 10th anniversary with taproom special releases like Good Magic, a barrel-aged imperial stout. Ooh. That was a great one. Right? Jackalope also donates 20% of their sales from one of their beers each month to local initiatives. This month, they'll be donating to Plant the Seed. Plant the Seed is a not-for-profit program that creates outdoor classrooms and community and school gardens to educate and empower under-resourced young people. Their outdoor classrooms help to build cultural connections, advance economic justice, and improve the overall health and well-being of the community they serve. Hey, that's cool. That's totally legit. They also do a lot for the environment by capturing CO2, composting, and creating events that bring the community together for the purpose of environmental sustainability. But that's not the best part, guys. Do tell, Keith. What is the best part? Their beer is fantastic. So true. So drink legendary. Drink Jackalope. Bearded bros tested. Bearded bros approved. High fives. All right, and welcome back from our break, and we are back talking to Bailey. And Bailey, we have you on here because we have so many questions for you. And <laughs> we, I personally, I love Jackalope. I go there. I mean, it's bad when we walk in and everybody's like, Keith, Jamie, like maybe we go too much, but we're, we're very happy there. Um, so one of the things that always 
it's one of the things that keeps bringing me back is the people at Jackalope. And when like we walk in and we see Miranda or we see Cassie, like we feel like it's family. And what, I know the hiring process definitely goes with like, who's going to fit in whatnot, but how do you create Mm -hmm. a culture where it feels like family and people just want to, you know, come back every single weekend? Yeah. Well, that's really kind of you to say, and that's definitely something we're going for. I mean, I think, um, you know, just in starting Jackalope, you know, I knew I wanted to make it a place that was fun to work at and fun to come to. And I think um, part of why I think our brewery speaks to people is um, one of our core values is authenticity. And so uh, it, it makes everything come really easy because everything we do actually does have a story to it. Um, it's not just created because we think it will sell well or something like that. It, it actually um, does connect people with um, with who we actually are. And I think that's what the appeal of craft beer is. And, um, you know, a lot of our a lot of our staff um, started out on the other side of the bar. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of our tap room and even some of our production staff um, started out as just, um, just right, re- you know, regulars. Um, and then, you know, kind of eventually one day ended up on the backside of the bar instead. Um, but it makes it, um, yeah, you know, we, we tend to have a pretty close knit, um, very, yeah, very familial crew. So, um, it, it's really, it's, it's a fun place to get to come to work with, with people you actually care about. So, yeah. Yeah, you could you can definitely tell. Like it is it just feels so comfortable going there no matter like I remember right after the big ice and snowstorm, the first place we went mm-hmm. was Jackalope. And we we still sit outside everywhere yeah. we go because yeah. we're we're not con- and so it's freezing yep. cold and <laughs> like somebody had stole all of y'all's propane tanks and so there was yeah. no heat. <laughs> and I I yeah. remember going well, we'll we'll wait to sit outside, and they're like, "Well, there's what we're calling the iceberg table because there's still ice on the table." And me and JB were like, "Oh, we brought cushions," <laughs> and they're like, "Have it!" Like it was, Aww. and we ended up having the blood, yeah. like an absolute blast. And every time a table would open up, like Miranda would come over and be like, uh-huh. "There's more sun at this table. You can move to this table now." I was like, "Man, we love this place." Uh-huh. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it was so weird. It was actually right uh, like the day before Christmas, someone stole all of our propane tanks. So we actually re- ended up like reporting it. I don't, I mean, it, it didn't have anything to do with anything, but when the bomb went off in downtown Nashville, we were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> we, we ended up re- you know, reporting it to the tip line. Um, and, you know, again, it didn't have anything to do with it, but it was a very icky feeling for a minute there. I um, bet. Thing to steal too. Yeah. People are, yeah. People and, I mean, they like cut. We had we had them locked up in a cage. They like cut them out of the cage. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it. Yeah. The the ice storm. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the best things, kind of, about our crew is everyone's very, uh, you know, down for what it's like. Okay, now we've had an ice storm. Here's what we're gonna do. Like, okay, you know, and and that's really what made um, this year not a total disaster, you know, that everyone's 
attitude for it was like, all right, how can we how can we still do what we do when our normal playbook is 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 gone? And I think you know when we released Lovebird on in the beginning of March, that was kind of the first day our taproom staff felt like they'd had their ass kicked uh, in a year, and and I think it it felt pretty good to them actually. <laughs> so yeah. All right. So I have a question about staff. Yeah. So one thing I've always kind of wondered is your like your production staff. Mm-hmm. So, because with the rise of craft brewing, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like it's recent enough and niche enough that, I mean, do you find that you have a bunch of people coming and applying that have a lot of experience in breweries or mm-hmm. do you get a lot of home brewers? Do you do a lot of like grow your own type thing? Um, or is it almost like more like a chef thing where people travel around and yeah. just jump from place to place? I'd say it's increasingly more experience. In, in the beginning, um, in the beginning it wasn't. Um, and there's definitely, um, you know, some roles that are much harder to find, you know, um, so our, our canning line, our, our packaging line operator, Andrea, um, you know, she actually, she, she started out as a, as a customer on the other side of the bar. She started kind of helping wash kegs and stuff. And then she helped on packing days when we were canning, when we were canning, but she wasn't the expert and she's now, um, She's now our, you know, our expert on canning beer. And uh, I mean, she was a ER nurse, you know, in her previous life. Mm-hmm. She, she was not trained on it, but boy, is she good at it. Um, and so you find people that way. But then, you know, for our, like for our, our quality control lab, you really need somebody who uh, is an expert in microbiology and, and understands, um, you know, what experiment, you know, what plating we need to do, stuff like that. Um, so it's, it's, it changes and it's changed again, changed over time where you are now seeing more formal education in brewing beer. You know, when I was starting, you know, we were all coming at it from wherever. And then now Mm -hmm. uh, there's people who are, you know, getting four year degrees, uh, in brewing. So, um, it's, um, it's definitely shifting into, into that more style of a pool, I guess. I, I think I'd like to continue on with the staffing question a little bit. I noticed that you are very female uh, heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that something that just happened or is that an intentional decision? And what's it like being a female in a male? Sure. Dog? Yeah. Um, uh, it is definitely something that just happened. I think we probably get more female apl- applicants is a, is a real possibility because we're uh, you know, we have a woman CEO um, in, in me. <laughs> and so um, I do think we probably get more um, more female applic- applicants than a lot of breweries. But um, we're, yeah, I'd say we're 50-50 men and women um, probably across our staff. Um, you know, for, it's hard for me that I, you know, I get asked a lot and, and rightfully so about, um, being a woman in a male industry, but I really only know my own experience. And, um, I was, you know, I was the idiot that had no experience in commercial brewing. and was like, I'm going to start a brewery. And so I really don't, I never experienced working for anybody else, um, in the industry. So, um, uh, you know, for me, it, it's been, it's been great. I, I don't really, um, I, I don't notice that much, I guess, you know, you do get maybe a little bit more of attention or you get a little bit more, you know, women maybe feel a little bit more comfortable in our space, uh, because craft beer can be kind of intimidating sometimes, 
uh, if you're if you're new to it and you think uh, everybody looks like Keith there. <laughs> <laughs> The hipster. Which a lot of them do. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, um, it, yeah, I, I think, you know, my experience has been very positive. You know, you do hear some funny stories sometimes, uh, like uh, when we were first starting to distribute in Chattanooga, uh, someone was like, oh, Jackalope, I heard that was founded by an underground women's cult. And I was like, <laughs> what is an underground women's cult? <laughs> I think you need a beer with that as part of the... Thing. Yeah, we should. We should. Yeah, the le- now it's like the folklore about the brewery in general. So, yeah, there's some funny stuff that comes out. But, you know, in general... Everybody else who's, you know, every other brewery owner I know has always treated me with respect. And, um, you know, I think anytime somebody, you know, I'm, I'm also in the position where I get to make the choices. So if I feel like someone's not, not acting right, I'm not going to work with them. Um, and mm-hmm. so we've maybe over the years have had some vendors who I wasn't thrilled about their attitude or their approach or they would always... Uh, you know, always look at Steve, you know, Steve's my business partner, um, but I am the founder. <laughs> Jaglobe is my baby. And, uh, you know, they'd always look to Steve and Steve would always be like, well, Bailey's in charge. <laughs> um, and so, you know, if there was a vendor who I didn't feel like was acting right, then I just don't work with them. And so um, it, it, I, that is a benefit to, to being in my role for sure. Well, I have a question and it goes back to, I I've read about your stories about like buying equipment that you couldn't even understand, like (laughs) when you were getting it because it was written in like Mandarin or something. And I'm just curious because I am very early in the process, but working on starting my own brewery and it would probably be in Donaldson. And I I want to know is somebody that doesn't have that commercial experience. Do you feel like there's still room Mm -hmm. for those people that like just love homebrewing, know that they like have the passion Mm -hmm. for it like you did. And is there still room for people like that to bring a brewery up and be successful with it? Yeah, I think there definitely is. You know, I think we're in a world now where people are much harsher on each other than they were 10 years ago. Um, And so that's definitely um, a difficult, you know, I think a little bit scarier maybe to like start a business than it was like people couldn't like just go on Twitter and trash you if like your very first, I mean, we were, I didn't know how to work our cash register five minutes before we opened like you know it'd be really scary now I feel like in a way uh, you maybe you might need to have your shit together a little bit more than we did but uh um I definitely do think there's room I I think um you know you see people are just interested in in again that uh, getting to know each other really and that authentic um that authentic side that craft beer brings and and hearing you know seeing what you're uh, point of view is, uh, you know, about uh, the beer that you brew. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm from Vermont originally. And so, you know, craft beer has been a thing there since I was a little kid. And every time I think, you know, I think we have the most breweries per capita of any state. And every time I go home, there's more breweries, you know, and so you see um, that there's definitely a lot more, a lot more room. Um, and, and, you know, even since we opened, now you're starting to see a lot of these niche breweries come out. And, um, you know, before COVID and even, and now after COVID, um, it, I think 
a, a great model is a, a small, whether it's brew pub or just a small taproom based brewery, um, more than, you know, when we were coming out, it was all about distribution, all about distribution. Um, I think it's extremely hard to get into the distribution side of beer now, but I think tap rooms have become um, very popular. Again, it was mm-hmm. probably if you were a tap room draft based brewery uh, this past year, that was probably not great. Um, but it's it's right. not great for a pandemic. <laughs> but otherwise, um, I think they're a, a really great model um, in in kind of our current environment. And and I think that's kind of what we're leaning towards is that brew pub mm-hmm. kind of fill, mm-hmm. um, like a, just a seven barrel system, cool. you know, j- just enough to, you know, get people excited about trying something different. And I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at places like various artists, like mm-hmm. they, they seem to be doing pretty good over there. And we sat yeah, and talked definitely. to Pat and Jeff and we, uh-huh. we love Pat and Jeff. They're great people. And they've been really like, how can we help? Like we want to be helpful right. if you need it. And, and cool. we actually sat down with them for like three hours when they were closed <laughs> and they were like, whatever questions wow. you have. Wow. And so, and the they were like, they, they were saying that that's kind of common in the Nashville brewing community mm-hmm. that everybody kind of wants to mm-hmm. help everybody. There's no enemies. It's not, I'm, fighting this guy to sell mm-hmm. more beer. It's all, how can we help each other? And yeah. do you find that to be like pretty accurate? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, when we were getting started, um, you know, Linus from Yazoo and, and, and Kent uh, from Blackstone um, and, and, you know, Karen, when she was at Bosco's, they all helped, they helped us immensely. Um, you know, with, I mean, cause we had no idea what we were doing um, at all. And <laughs> And they were all just very, very generous with their with their time and their thoughts. And, you know, we we try to do the same. Um, And uh, yeah, I I think it it is um, like it lets on it. And to me, it's like being in a band, you know, when people ask, you know, how has your brewery different from another brewery? It's like, yeah, how is Led Zeppelin different from the Rolling Stones? You know, Um, (laughs) um, you know, everybody, nobody's trying to make someone else's beer. You're trying to make your own beer. It's your, your, your perspective on it. So, um, yeah. Awesome. So Charles, Stephen, what's the next question? So I have a question on behalf of Keith. So <laughs> since he's, he's getting ready to, you know, do this brewery. Yeah. Um, I, we, we try to tell him, Keith, there's probably lots of things you have, you're not really thinking about mm-hmm. that you might need to learn about now and stuff like that. Of course he doesn't listen to us. So what, what would you say is it was one of the hardest things that if you were doing it over again, you would have like, you know, gone into it with more knowledge or done the more prep. Um, it's, like, yeah. <laughs> would have raised a lot more money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think for us, you know, um, well, there were, yeah, there were a few things there was, you know, definitely with equipment, uh, you get what you pay for. So if you're up for working with kind of the Frankenbrew kind of, you're a, a super handy person, that's great. Um, if you are not, uh, there's some, you know, that's fine too. There's just more, you know, there's equipment that might uh, be be better to work with. And I think kind of being honest about that stuff. Um, and I think one thing for us was just... Um, you know, we outgrew our, we started with just a 15 barrel system and um, a 15 barrel brew house and, and, and 15 barrel, we had four 15 barrel fermenters. And we, once we got to the point that we were brewing on that system, we outgrew our tanks in six months. 
So we kind of needed, we needed more and we hadn't had any time to make any money yet. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was a kind of a tough place to be in um, as far as like, well, this is, you know, we, we, we ended up needing to go to our investors and, and raise more money. Um, and, um, you know, luckily it was like, because we're making more beer yeah. or we're selling more beer than we can make, you know? <laughs> um, but I think on that side, and I, I think to me, the biggest thing for us was just um, being extremely adaptable. You know, I think it's important to have a, a business plan for sure. And then you see where it actually takes you and you're open to making those changes. Um, and, and so that really, that got us through the first couple of years and it definitely got us through last year. So <laughs> that's my advice. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been super impressed with uh, your, your guys' emphasis on sustainability. Thank you. And uh, it looks like it's, it's real. It's not just yep. a superficial level type thing yep. where it just looks good. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about your CO2 recapturing system. Yeah. So it sounds really expensive. Um, and CO2 is really cheap. Mm-hmm. So is it like paying for itself or um, do you guys ever have to supplement? Our, we, we do still have to supplement. You know, our hope is that it will, um, over time, it will pay for itself. You know, I think um, it's a really, it's, I'm, I'm really hopeful about it. And I think it's a really very beginning technology for uh, small breweries. Um, but I think in 15, 20 years, every brewery in the country is going to be doing it because when you see, you know, I, I, and we as a team care a lot about sustainability. Um, but this is something that is not just an environmental issue, but it's also an economic issue because, you know, your ferment, your, you've got your fermentations, you're letting CO2 out into the environment and then you're buying more for downstream. And so, um, that doesn't make sense (laughs) environmentally or economically. And so, um, the, you know, CO2 capture technology is one that's going to develop quickly, uh, because it's such an issue. And, um, you know, they're just now making it so that a small brewery, you know, previous to this, you needed to have a basically a whole second plant uh, to capture your CO2. And so they're just starting the technology that makes it available for small breweries and affordable for small breweries. So hopefully it'll it'll pay for itself over the course of, of a few years. Um, and uh, it, I mean, it's also better quality because it's your, you know, very you know, raw CO2 rather than, you know, yeah. something that came, you know, was fuel byproduct that then is, you know, not synthesized, but uh, I can't think of the word. Um, just like you don't know where it came from. Right. It's just a, you do it's a it byproduct of the manufacturing industry. And uh, yeah. I don't you know, it, it really is your fifth ingredient in your beer. And um, people don't think about it. You know, when I when we were going into this process, I asked our CO2 provider where our CO2 came from. And she looked at me and she was like, I've been in this business for 12 years and nobody has ever asked me that before. (laughs) And that's what I hope people start thinking about. Like, where is this? I'm literally injecting this into my beer that I think so highly of. Where does it come from? <laughs> that's a, that's a good point because when like I've got my seven taps in the garage mm-hmm. and I just go to the local gas place and mm-hmm. say I need beverage grade mm-hmm. CO two but I've never thought where does the CO two come from right 
Exactly. Well, I imagine the beverage grade part has nothing to do with the actual CO2. It's probably just the container it was stored in or something like that. Right. It's the same stuff. Like, yeah, who knows what it came from? Yeah. And the, the purity, yeah. um, the kind of purity standard on our capture system is actually higher um, than it is on the you know beverage grade on the CO2 mm-hmm. that we buy. And so um, I, I do, again, I think it's going to be something that every brewery is doing as soon as the technology um, is a little less expensive and a little uh, easier to use. Um, I think it'll be just standard. That's cool. Yeah. Sticking with the sustainability question, like you guys do, I, I remember, I guess it was a couple years ago, like you put together groups to like go clean up Wedgwood mm-hmm. Houston and stuff like yeah. this for recycling purposes and mm-hmm. whatnot. And I think you got a free pint if you went and yep. did that. Yep. Our pickup for a pint. Yeah. Yeah. That's all going to be coming back. Um, that was a kind of a monthly neighborhood cleanup that we would do uh, where, yeah, you'd go clean up, basically clean up litter, divide it between, you bring it back to the brewery, divide it between recycling, compost and, and landfill and then um and then have a beer afterwards and so uh again those are all things that kind of got halted with the pandemic that we're looking forward to bringing back you know hopefully we can start doing that one again this summer um and we we do you know yeah we've done some invasive species cleanups um river cleanups uh we we work with you know anybody from the, you know Owls Hill Nature Conservancy to the actual Nature Conservancy. <laughs> so, uh, so we we work with lots of different organizations, um, and you know we we at the brewery we do we compost, um, we recycle quite a bit. Um, we do we have honestly very very little landfill. Um, for, especially for the size business we are, we a lot of what we do can be. Um, either recycled or composted. And, um, you know, I think we're always looking for more ways that we can, um, we can do more, you know, I think that's awesome because there are so many places that just don't. Mm-hmm. So I, as somebody who considers himself an environmentalist that tries to do as much as I can, mm-hmm. I know you guys are the same way. Like to me, that, that gives me more reason to come to your brewery because I know that you're making these efforts to create a more sustainable brewery. Yeah. Keith, you're a beer, 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 beer what was it? Uh, it was volunteering and beer combined. Beer and tearing. What's that Volunteering. <laughs> volunteering. That's it. That's yeah, it. Volunteering. Like that. Where you're actually doing good things by drinking beer. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's so easy. <laughs> yeah. So I also want to ask real quick, I know that, you, don't you get some hops locally? Um, A tiny bit, a tiny, tiny bit. We, um, we grow, you know, about 25 vines um, at, at the Glen Levin farm that the land trust owns. And so we'll, um, We'll actually put that, we actually are starting them over this year because they kind of got encroached on by some bigger trees and they weren't getting as much light. Um, so we're moving them this year. Um, and so it's, it's enough to add to um, a fresh hot beer every fall. Um, you know, it's Tennessee is not the greatest place for growing hops um, for just a few reasons based on our climate, but it is really nice to, uh, to feel connected to it, to see even, I mean, it's, uh, 
Glen, Glen Levin, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's right, you know, right off of eighth Avenue, right kind of after Thompson lane. And, um, it's a 65 acre farm, like right in Nashville that is, is now the headquarters for the land trust for Tennessee. And it's just beautiful. And it's right here. And, uh, it's just nice to go out there, honestly, and, and look at our little vines grow. <laughs> I started growing hops last year and I'm growing Centennial nice. and Chinook. Okay. And it I, it's unbelievable the difference between the two because the Centennial grows so slow mm-hmm. that my Chinook is already like, I have eight vines that are already six huh. feet tall and oh they my started gosh. growing while I was in Texas. <laughs> so I was like, wow, wow. that's so incredible. Apparently the Chinook loves Tennessee. So we're just yeah, going to. That's like more like a Northern European. Yeah. You know, like the origins of that hop or something. Right. That's good to know. Our, um, our, we, we grow Cascade, but I actually ordered uh, some Centennial rhizomes this year as well. So we'll see how they do. But it's, I mean, it is amazing. Just, you know, the first year they're like this tiny little thing and then they get quite robust after that. Yeah. The, the Chinook last year was when we planted it mm-hmm. and it they said it might grow eight feet mm-hmm. in its first year and it ended up growing 12. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay, so I like yeah. this one, but yeah. um, it looks like you guys have opened up your next beer. So why don't we talk about that for a minute? Yeah. So this is the Good Magic Bourbon Barrel Aged Imperial Stout. Mm-hmm. It's got a cool can. I'm digging the artwork yet again. You can tell it's by the same artist. 9%. Yeah, it's, it's Which, strong. It is afternoon now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one will get you a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm... I used to really, really love, I don't drink as many stouts as I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why, but maybe lack of winter in Texas or something like that. But um, this is really good. So like it's, you can almost smell a little bit of the alcohol mm-hmm. on the nose and like with a little bit of like, I don't know, something that's reminded me of like bitter flavors, but not in a bad way, but it doesn't smell like coffee. Maybe a little chocolatiness. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it, when you taste it though, it doesn't taste hot, like alcohol heat, but it also doesn't taste overly malty or anything like that. It's just really pretty light and I mean I wouldn't describe it as like really heavy anything that's good yeah it's good thank you yeah we aged it for six six to seven months I can't count anymore uh six to seven months in uh four roses barrels um yeah so gave yeah gave it a a good amount of the time in the barrel to uh pick up some of the the bourbon notes without like Mm -hmm. and kind of being super hot with it um and uh yeah we're we're excited um we've done this is our first barrel aged beer that we've canned um we've done some like really small barrel projects you know we're right down the street from corsair uh so every now and then uh they'd get us a, a barrel that we could play with and and we'd end up putting you know we'd have maybe one half barrel of it um and so um it's fun to actually be starting a barrel program we'll have another um We'll have another round we've, uh, in December. We've got, um, we took our Abominable Snowman, uh, which was a different Imperial Stout, um, basically a, a, an Imperial version of our, our seasonal Snowman Stout, um, and we're aging that in some Heaven Hill barrels um, until December. So uh, I'm excited for that one. I'm excited be happy for about that, that one too. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you review that one on here? <laughs> yeah, I did oh. review the Abominable Snowman. Oh, good. And I'm pretty sure I gave it like, I think I gave it over a hundred percent. I was like, this is a six and a half out of five or oh, something wow. along those lines. 
Nice. So it it was so good. And like barrel aging it, I'm excited to try that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, I'm pumped about it. I think it'll maybe bring out a little, yeah, that kind of oak and vanilla to it. Um, I I think that's going to be a good one. Well, guys, what are y'all going to rate that beer? Because I'm going to be honest, I was going to take that beer back to Tennessee and then you drink the Fenario. So I was like, I got to leave them three. I got to say, I don't understand why you brought a bunch of beer from Tennessee to Texas and then you took a lot of it back to Tennessee. I did not take any (laughs) of it back. Why didn't you just leave it at home? I didn't take anything back. I left it all with you. No, you... You, no, you didn't. Yes, you I took, did. You told me when you were leaving, hey, I took half of these. No, I took three. Just it three. Just, it just seems strange to me. I'm not complaining. It's a key. I took three. So the cool. next podcast, we're doing three bearded iris beers, and we never get to like drink the same beers because you can't get our beers and I can't get your beers. So I took three back with me so we can all drink the same beer. And I'm bringing my boss on to help me drink them because I can't drink three double IPAs by myself. I just, I I'm imagining cause he left pretty early, right? And he was staying at our house the day that he left and he texted me. He's like, Hey, we're getting ready to leave. And I walked downstairs and we had this conversation. So in my head, I'm picturing him before I came downstairs, standing at my refrigerator with it open, like, Almost like Gollum, like, <laughs> should I leave this? Why should I? <laughs> Picking out his favorites to take home. This is kind of cool. Well, I'm going to rate it really good beer that was left behind. It is really good. Yeah. How many how many miles is it to from Nashville to Austin Key? Uh, like 800 like something 800? miles. I'll give it 790 out of 800 miles. <laughs> I like this. I I am catching up with you guys, having a Foxy Falcon, and I mean, we've already talked about it, but I'm going to give this a seven and a half out of eight, Chan. <laughs> you guys are so creative. I love it. <laughs> we have our moment. Yeah. All right. So, I think I'm going to be the adult and say that Bailey has spent a lot of time with us, and she probably has a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> Go play with her kids and stuff like that. It's probably a good time to wrap up. Yeah. So I, thank I, you so I, much for coming. Yeah, I've had, absolutely. I've had a blast with you guys. I love I love talking beer with people. Um, so thank you yeah, for having me. This was much more enjoyable than our normal conversation. <laughs> you guys I, argue about things. Everybody was on their best behavior. Yeah. I, I'm going to make one request for Bailey. Sure. And that is next year mm-hmm. when you do Spruce Beer Steam. Mm-hmm. Can, can you like double the amount? Because by the time I got over there, it was already sold out. And that's my favorite beer that you make. And oh, no. I, I, yeah, tried, I tried to brew it. I tried to brew it and it's not the same. So I have a black oh, IPA man, out definitely. there with spruce tips and it just not the same. <laughs> that makes me really happy that you love it because I love it too. And uh, yeah, this year it was just, it was tough because... We couldn't figure out how, how much to do because, you know, we couldn't have uh, Spruce Fest the way we normally do with the, the Springsteen cover band. So um, I, it'll be it'll be back back, hopefully, in its true form uh, by this fall. Woohoo! That sounds fun. Yeah, I would I would come to I would get on it. It's a you it's, should. They're a great yeah. band and it, it's a blast. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap up with our taglines for the week. And Stephen, I'll let you start off. Sneaking things on people. (laughs) Um, uh, Everyone should be a regular someplace. (laughs) 
That's good. Charles? I'm going to drink to uh, post-COVID times. Heck yeah. It's coming soon. Cheers. Post-COVID times. I'll drink to that. Bailey, got a tagline for us? Yeah, I was thinking about it. I went with kind of what our uh, unofficial motto was uh, starting Jackalope and just uh, said, uh, believe in yourself. Just encourage everyone to believe in yourself. I like it. And as always, if you change your community... You change the world. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cheers. Peace out. Adios. And thanks, Bailey. Thank y'all. Right. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Bearded Bros Podcast. We want to thank Bailey again for joining us and being such a good sport and putting up with some random shit. Again, you can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at beardedbrospodcast at gmail.com. And again, become a Patreon subscriber for exclusive content and a chance to win a signed can of beer from Stephen, Charles, and myself. Thanks again for listening, everybody, and cheers.